It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Welcome to Panther Puri, the podcast where we're supposed to talk Panthers hockey, but sometimes we don't. Here are your hosts, Alex Lopez, Jake Langsam, and TJ Peterson. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Panther Puri. I'm your host, Jake Langsam. Here with me, as always, are my co-hosts, TJ Peterson, Alex Lopez, and the Florida Panthers have not won a second-round playoff game since 1996. Vibes are shit. Uh, they also won the first game of a playoff series in, what, 20-something years now? Since, uh, I think yeah. it was game, did they win game so, one of yeah. the Eastern Conference Finals? It's been almost 26 years, regardless. Yeah. It's bad. No point tonight. This was an opportunity for the Panthers to beat a hobbled team, and they choked the only way you can say it, they choked same tentative start same penalty in the first minute of the game same mistakes undisciplined play and they were controlling play they didn't generate much quality and Vasilevsky was Vasilevsky that's how you lose 4-1 to a team with missing its best player and not missing its best player but one of its best players. Mm. You don't think Head, Point? I mean, Tampa's Headman is definitely better than Point. Vasilevsky is probably better than Point. All right, the best forward then. Fine, I won't quibble with that, even though Kucherov has a very strong argument. Okay, fine. Either way, one of the top 10 centers in the NHL was not in the lineup tonight. Instead, it was Jan Ruda as a seventh defenseman, and you generated one goal at five on five, and your power play once again did not do anything. They had some decent enough chances, but nothing that, you know, really was that close to going into the net. And you give up three power play goals, you score zero against Tampa, you lose. You lose nine times out of ten. I don't care about two of the power play goals because the third one probably shouldn't have counted. Look, I, I don't really have a major issue with the call, but whatever. Like, it, it, on another day, it gets ruled out. And then we don't give up the second power play goal because there is the game is still in contention and they're not like yeah. having to, you know, abandon any pretense of secondary defense to try to generate a much needed shorthanded goal. I think this is this is one of those times where I'm going to be the rare optimist, actually. And I feel like 
Vasilevsky won the Lightning this game and that it was the Panther. I think the Panthers were flat out the better team. And I know I'm going to be the only one that thinks that amongst the three of us. And I know I'm going to be one of the only people in the fan base that thinks that. So I'm just going to throw that out there. I know people aren't going to agree with me. That's fine. I think the Panthers were the better team and they didn't get a bounce. Tampa Bay got the bounce of all bounces on the second goal for the off of a stupid face-off. Like it wasn't even a clean face-off loss that somehow ended up in a goal against three seconds later. Like, I don't understand how that happened. Like maybe it was a bad defensive breakdown and I really should be blaming the Panthers for it, but it was just, I just thought it was a stupid, unlucky, dumb bounce type of goal. I re- I really do. No, the bounces were not on the Panthers' side tonight. I mean, how many times was the puck in front of the net in scoring position? It just couldn't get on a stick. I mean, you, you kind of knew the bounces were not going your way on this breakout, on this uh, zone entry for the Lightning where it was one of the, the aerial passes in the air, puck bounces, and literally stops dead flat for Kucherov to pick up and gain the zone. And I was just like, yeah, when the puck is going to bounce like that, in one way like good luck good luck I honestly don't really disagree with you you TJ the Panthers were the much better team at five on five for a large part of that game I I don't think that the Lightning were even particularly good on the power play I really think it just comes down to Ekblad got embarrassed I mean it's 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 multiple mistakes yes the the you know the glaring one is Ekblad getting walked by Kucherov but you know you had Lundell and Barkov try and, and take a, a chance and generate a scoring chance against the lethal team when you're tied 1-1. I'm not saying that you don't want them to ever be aggressive on the PK because that's been their identity all year. But if you're going to take a chance against Tampa, at bare minimum, the puck's got to get deep and you cannot give them a rush opportunity. And you gave Kucherov a rush opportunity and he had a full head of a seam and embarrassed Ekblad, just like he embarrassed. I mean, come Weaver. on. Like, I, I think that's harsh because I think the Panthers had a better opportunity. And the only reason that they ended up getting scored on is because they defended it worse, like egregiously, in my opinion. I don't think that has to do with the, the trading of chances. I don't think any of this really has to do with the quality of chances one team generated or didn't generate. I really don't. I really think Sherratt was also terrible. I think that he and Ekblad got mixed up on multiple goals against so i think you know if you want to talk about being outplayed that's in one sense tampa bay doesn't have a guy like that that you know is just going to get lost at times and really doesn't play a complex cerebral game yeah i mean look if you want to you know we talk about bounces i mean how many two-on-one chances did the panthers have this tonight where the tampa defenseman was able to, to knock down the pass and the pass couldn't get through it happened all night and, you know, Sherratt basically was a pine, uh, was a parking cone out there on the Kucherov pass to, to Corey Perry, where he literally gets the easiest goal of his life. Like, mm-hmm. you got to do something. I mean, I get it. You know, 2 one one it's a bad situation. But, like, to make zero impact on that play and let Perry have an easy, go- easy tap-in goal, like. Yeah, like, where, where is he on the play if he's not in front of Perry? Like, I, I don't understand your positioning at, at all. Like, we, I think like, Ekblad, Isn't that where Ben Chirot is supposed to be? Like, isn't that what we, we, we traded for Ben Chirot to park his ass in the crease and get him to protect Bob? And where, I think three like, of the four goals against tonight 
he had a great view of somebody tapping it into the net. Yeah. In front row seat. Look, he hasn't had a terrible playoffs by any means. Tonight was clearly his worst game. He can play better than that, but I really don't think it's anything to do with the quality of chances that were generated like because of the way that the possession was going or because of the way the systems were being used. I really don't think it has anything to do with that. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. I, I think, you know, a couple of bounces their way and it's a completely different hockey game. And I'm not saying like, oh, you know, one of the one goal off the board for them, one goal off the board, but just like, I kind of feel the same way I did after the capital, the game one against the Capitals, where it was like, you know, just something a little bit, a little bit more Christmas, a little bit more something. And we're not talking about a 4-1-L. I mean, I know it's a 4-1-L, but the reality is that was a 2-1 hockey game where you get a power play late and it's a dubious call in my opinion. And then they score on that one to make it 3-1. And because, you know, it's a fit, honestly, even if it was a 10% chance, you got a challenge because yeah. down 3-1 with four minutes left, like. And I you, think that you, they they had a real good shot to win that. I'm not going to say they should have. I, I I feel like on another day, they easily could have. It's it's a 50-50 in my opinion. Look, neutral, neutral talking heads disagreed with the call, with the final call. So I'm not going to, you know, start shouting about ref conspiracies or whatever, but it's just like it's one of those 50, 50 calls that didn't go your way. And if, I mean, if we're really going to have more of a gripe, it's how are the Panthers on a PK in that situation? Anyway, I don't understand calling a guy for roughing who's trying to get to the puck. Like Killorn basically just threw his body in front of Forsling and got a call. Wait, I, was I that called that roughing, not high sticking? It was called, yeah, they roughing. called that roughing. Oh, <laughs> that's dumb. I didn't realize that. I thought they called a high stick and I kind of let it go because yeah, Forsling like moved his, stick in a way that it made contact with Clorin's face. They called that roughing? Yes, they called that roughing. Holy I think that this shit. is one of those these games that where you could say the refs were terrible but it wasn't really one team or the other that got most benefit. Like, the Panthers got a penalty because Ryan McDonough hit Nolachari when he had the puck. Like, it was an awful call. Yeah. Yeah, completely agree. And, and it's kind of the same thing I mentioned when we were with Roy yesterday, the Lightning are going to bury you on the bad calls that go their way. They're going to, and you didn't. You yeah. had an opportunity to tie the game off a bad call. You got some chances, but you couldn't get the puck in the net. And, you know, before anyone says anything, like, to me, like, I saw that puck hit the netting clear, and I was like, uh, why hasn't the whistle blown yet? And then Duclair puts it in, and I'm like, what the hell is going on? Like, but you didn't capitalize, and then a dubious call goes against you, and Tampa capitalizes. Mm-hmm. This was this right. was a situation where the refs were pretty much equally bad, except Tampa capitalized. Yeah, and, and I that kind of it... brings us to the next note about the game, uh, which is also a note about the postseason at large. O for twenty one on the on the power play. What the fuck? I like. You can chalk a lot of this up. I think not. Maybe not. Maybe maybe I'm over, oversimplifying it here, but. You had the best power play in the league in the back half of the season. Ekblad comes back. You put him right back in the QB spot, and you go over 21. It's no secret that Ekblad is at his best on the power play from the top of the left circle. And I I don't think it's particularly coincidental that the best power play look that the Panthers had tonight 
was the one where they went back to five forwards. Bingo. Mm-hmm. But you still got to capitalize. You got they ended up with three chances. Right. You got to get one. Like they're they're not even getting pucks to them. Like they did generate some chances today. Like you saw glimmers of hope, but like they're not even getting pucks in front of the net. Like it, there's a lot of passing along the perimeter. And I'm not Mister Shoot It, you know, Shoot It, Shoot It, Shoot It guy, but if you're gonna pass it along the per- perimeter, you got to generate something dangerous, and they're not. Tampa's not going to take chances on the PK. They're not. So you're not going to get those rush situations. So you got to generate it, you know, with the cycle. You got to generate it, you know, with one timers. You got to generate something. Like there was nothing there on that Kucherov goal. Like he just basically he used a screen and picked a corner. I mean, this stuff that you know best players in the NHL in the world do, like Kucherov is. But like Reinhardt can do that. Barkov can do that. Giroux can do that. Huberto can do that. Someone's got to do it. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Like, and that's been the story of the power play this whole time, in my opinion. Nobody's come up with that killer pass. Like we've seen Huberto do it five on five. Nobody's come up with that, you know, top corner shot. You know, it, it's happened a few times this the regular season. I mean, Kucherov did it tonight in the playoffs. <laughs> That's that's really all it is, in my opinion. I mean, once they went to the five forward power play, because I thought before it, it was an issue with Ekblad, he's just never really succeeded as a power play quarterback. Never. I, I think that we should start asking if Barkov is even good enough in that spot, because I feel like he just does not move the puck quickly enough. I think we need to try Forsling there. I, I tweeted about this. I think you put Reinhardt in front of the net. Ekblad See, on top of the left put... circle, Barkov in the middle, Huberto on top of the right circle, and Forsling at the point. I would put Giroux there. Or Giroux. What do you think, Alex? Do you trust would, Giroux to back check quickly well, enough against a shorthanded chance? I, I guess that this is comes it comes to like what the game state is. Then again, you don't really trust Ekblad to back check. If, if the game either. state is I'm down by a goal and it's past the halfway point of the second period, I'm not really gonna care so much about the shorthanded potential shorthanded opportunity. I just like, it's just not quick enough. I see other teams power plays. They move the puck along the, that triangle of the two half walls and the quarterback way faster than the Panthers do. They take two seconds every time they receive a pass to make sure that they, you know, get it on their stick and get it in the position that they wanted to get it in. And then they throw it over to the other guy. And, you know, the defense can move very slowly and still be in position. It's like not difficult at all. Yeah, no, the Panthers are making it easy on opponents, and, and you're exactly right. And that's what happens when your passes aren't crisp, your passes aren't tape to tape. Passes are six inches off target, so you can't move it around quick, and you allow the team, to, the defense, to you know move slowly and still stay in position. In terms of what's set up, I would stick with the five-man power play. It was dominant to finish the season, both against good teams and bad. I would just go back to that full time. Like the yeah. only time you should have a defenseman on the power play, on the first power play, is if you're up. A goal late in the game and you just want to make sure you're not giving up a chance again it's like that's the only time that glad should be out there right now or i guess if you want to put him on the, as quarterbacking the second power play yeah no I, don't use him as a quarterback you put him on top of the left circle let him shoot that's fine that's fine too i'm just saying like the the first the number one power play should be five forwards that's it yeah or i mean this this is more of a thing for next season than like how to fix it right now but trade or sign a legitimate power play quarterback Keith and free do a 3-2 with Ekblad shooting from the top of the left circle and have like yes someone similar to Keith Yandel 
on the power play specifically, not someone similar to Keith Yandel five on five, but I don't know. It's like, yeah, obviously joking about Keith Yandel. Yeah. When, when, once the Panthers power play wakes the fuck up, like once they figure that out, it's, it's, it's cats and four the rest of the way. Like it just is. (laughs) If hold on, we've had what? 21 power play chances and the power play finished at like 24% for, for the season. Something like that. I don't yeah. feel like thinking that hard. That's an extra five goals that the Panthers have been missing out on throughout the course of the series. Think how different the game tonight is if you score on that on that McGregor yeah. penalty. Like Forsling's not pinching in that situation and getting a bad call against him. Like Forsling's let, leaving that puck because they don't need the possession. It's two two. You don't need the possession. Like you're not beating you're not beating Tampa without your power play. And you need to score goals like the one they did in fi- at five on five. Like they changed the angle that the goalie was seeing the puck at so quickly that Vassy had no chance. He has to starfish to even like have a remote possibility of getting some contact on the puck, which he did, but that wasn't enough to keep it out because it went from side to side. I really dislike the way that people are talking about, Oh, they're not shooting enough. It's like, it's fucking Vasilevsky. If you take pot shots at him, from the blue line with no screen, he's going to save them. Like that's such a stupid yeah. game plan. Like, I, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm punching down probably, but like that just doesn't seem like it's worth it to me. If you want to take pot shots, at least you got to have traffic in front. And we saw them do that with zero success. I didn't feel like they got any decent rebounds. I didn't feel like they had a deflection that hit the post or went just wide or Vazzy made a great save at any point. I felt like they had no joy doing that. The only real <laughs> opportunities they generated were from skating kind of around the periphery and then passing it in front. Yeah, no, they, they got nothing, nothing generated in terms of secondary shots. Like they would get chances, but it was one and done, one and done, one and done. So what do you like? Tampa Bay scores the game winning goal in the second period on a second chance because Ben Sherratt loses his man or Aaron Ekblad loses his man. I'm not positive. But there was definitely a mix-up because they were covering the same guy and Belmar was open. The Panthers played really good hockey for basically a period and two-thirds. And then they, you know, they fell apart on the power play, on the PK, gave up the world's easiest power play goal. And then they finished out the period all right, gave up a goal three minutes into the second. And then we're basically stagnant until about seven minutes left in the game when they got that power play and generated some quality. Like, let me look at the XG for the third period. I felt like the Panthers were stagnant for most of the third period. Yeah. I mean, the thing is like, you got to look at it for the first 15 minutes, if you can find it that granular, because once Tampa Bay got that second power play, like you can just throw out whatever happened. Yeah. Oh yeah. And Alex, you're, you're pretty much right. The first period was a bit of a rocket ship in XG. Second period was steady. Third period was very stagnant until like the last eight, seven minutes of the game. Yeah. I mean, I they, mean they at f- the point where Belmar scored, the Panthers still had more XG, even though well, that f- was a, uh, let's see, that was a 28.5% chance of being a goal. So 0.285. I mean, they had the better XG share for most of the game. And then, like I said, in that second period, they were carrying play and generating. They didn't generate a ton of quality, but they just never got that goal. And then they generated a bunch of quality, didn't get it in because Vasilevsky's Vasilevsky took the penalty, tied the game, and the game completely flipped. Like Tampa took over the game after that tying power play goal. 
because power play goals change momentum in playoffs. Also, Anton Lindell, oof, he had a rough. Yeah, he had a he had a bad game. Another bad game for Reinhardt. We were talking about Sherratt. Gudis didn't have a bad game per se, but like he had an egregious mistake that almost ended up being a goal. Are you talking about that pass and that like got intercepted right in front of the net? Yeah, I mean, once yeah. again, like Forsling and Weger were both like pretty good, and the rest of the defense wasn't. And I know people will say, well, what about the Weger penalty that led to the game tying goal that changed the momentum of the game? And I get it, like you were talking about that you didn't like the penalty call. I thought that like, you'd be very fortunate to not get that called against you, but you know, that's neither here nor there really. Well, let, me, and, let me, let me explain myself real quick. Yeah. What I'm saying is what I don't like about that call is Ekblad. Yes. He had the stick in the vicinity. Weaker. Just to I'm be sorry. Weaker had the stick in the vicinity. Kucherov sees it, puts his arm around it to show, Hey, it's in there. And instead of trying to play the puck as weak, because Kucherov easily could have blown right past Weger and gotten to the puck. He wouldn't have been in a great scoring position, but instead, like, he pulled a Ronaldo and slowed down, you know, chicken wing the stick to say, hey, ref, look at the stick in my arm. Got the call. It's a crafty play. I don't like it because it's like, really, this is the playoffs, and that's the call you give them when they've been letting a lot of stuff go in this game. But I guess if you want to call that the makeup for – the egregiously bad McDonough penalty, fine. I just think that's a, a chintzy call to give a team when they're up 2-1 late in the game and they've already had the lion's share of power plays on the evening. No, that was at one nothing. Oh, that was – I'm sorry, one nothing. Okay, so never mind, never mind. I'm, <laughs> I'm confusing the Forsling penalty and the Uyghur penalty. Both I yeah, thought look, I, I think that Uyghur – the situation is bad because he's left alone against Uyghur or against Kucherov. Yeah. Kucherov's a much better skater. Like, this is a situation that the Panthers need to game plan to avoid because he's not going to be able to stop somebody one-on-one -on, -one on the rush unless it's like Corey Perry, you know, unless it's somebody that is got bricks for skates, which Nikita Kucherov doesn't. His best outcome in that situation is to take the penalty because it's not Corey Perry, because it's not Ross Colton. It's yeah. somebody that has the skill to blow by him, make a move, and you don't want to give away the breakaway. You'd <laughs> rather give away the penalty kill. And, you know, I, I get it because it turned into a goal against, and people will hindsight is 2020 it now, but it was the right play. Like, you just don't get caught up ice like that. Like, the two-on-two -two rush that Ekblad gets totally embarrassed on, in my opinion, is worse because, like, there's a saying in soccer, you like, you either got to get the man or you got to get the ball. Both can't get past you, and that's what happened to Ekblad. He let both get past him, and that's why they scored. Yeah, I completely agree. Completely agree. You're 100% spot on. Yeah, I mean, take a penalty if you have to. Like, you just can't let that happen. It's an egregious mistake. And he's a great player. He probably won't make another mistake like that again, especially if, you know, he makes sure not to. But it's an egregious mistake. And Tampa did not have any egregious mistakes of that kind. None. Tampa did exactly what we expected them to do if Braden Point wasn't out. They played a 1-3-1, and they counterattacked on the Panthers' mistakes and made their bread on the power play. Mm -hmm. That we knew everyone knew that coming in and the Panthers played right into their hands anyway. Well, I mean, I don't know if I agree with that just because like that was the first time they really looked like they might give something up in the whole game. And it was more than halfway over. Yeah. But what I'm saying is when you had all that possession, you didn't get the goal. 
but you didn't yeah, generate that, I mean, that was what I said. Like, at one nothing, we knew that the Lightning hadn't generated anything, and I said, the insurance goal is going to be huge because Tampa's going to have a push. Like, this isn't going to yeah. be their best. Exactly. So, you know, I get in the sense that, like, they're probably looking for that insurance goal, and that's why they end up giving up the rush. Yeah. Is there anything else we need to talk about? Uh, Eric Chernak, did he come back? I don't think he did. Doesn't seem like he did. That's a big loss for them. That's their number one stay-at-home defenseman. Mm-hmm. I thought Stamkos was pretty invisible tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of forgot he existed for most of that game, which is nice. Yeah, Anthony. Cimelli. The nice thing about about the the Tampa power play was that usually, uh, Stam historically Stamkos has been the the Panther killer on the on the Tampa power play, uh, and he was not. So oh, good I, job shutting him down. I, I I've got something, and it's something I noticed on that first power uh penalty kill. Is Barkov hurt? Because there was that loose puck where I'm so used to seeing Barkov accelerate away from pretty much most players in the NHL and going on a breakaway, and instead he got be- beaten a foot race by Victor Hedman when he I felt like he had a step on Hedman. Like Hedman's an elite defenseman, but he's not one of the fastest defensemen in the NHL. And Barkov lost a foot race to it. I, I think I think that I remember this, and at the time, Hedman did seem like he had a step, in my opinion. But that's just me, like going off of a loose memory. But you know, I'll, I'll watch it again if there's a replay on Bally, and I'll tell you what I think. I mean, I just know I looked at it and I was like, "That's the slowest I've ever seen Barkov skate." And you know, the person who was sitting with me watching the game looked at me and said the same thing: "Like, is that guy fast? Normally fast because it's." A friend of mine, I had a friend with me tonight who was a hockey fan, but not a diehard Panthers fan like we are. So he knows who Barkov is, but doesn't know like everything about him. He's like, is Barkov usually that slow? And I was like, no, not normally. So we both we both saw it. So here's something kind of interesting from uh, from Greg Wyshynski. The Panthers have now gone 21 straight power plays without scoring, the longest to begin the playoffs since the 2011 Bruins. Yeah, because Let's if you go up in 2011, if you go over you 21, kind of stats. I go, do, but there are some fascinating ones. That happens yeah. to be a fascinating one. If you go over 21 on a power play, you probably lose in the first round. So you don't get more power plays to go over on. By the way, uh, Barkov was 85% expected goals in five on five. Weger was 75%. Verhage was great. I thought, again, unlucky to not get a goal contribution. He, he looked great. And he was also yeah. really good in the expected goals, 80%. Giroux, I thought, had a solid game as well. Unlucky not to score. I mean, and this is where the elephant in the room comes in. Vassy stole the game. He was amazing. He was amazing. But that was what – that's to be expected. I mean, maybe, Jacob, you disagree. I just – I agree with you, TJ. I think the Panthers were very unlucky tonight. I don't think they were – I don't think they played well yeah. enough to win, but I thought they were unlucky. Again, like, too many mistakes you, say, you hey, get one power play goal out of your three, out of your three chances. And this is a wildly different story. And also it's a, it's a team game. So like, it's, it's not really fair to compartmentalize it like this, but like there's 18 other guys out there that Ekblad let down because he got so egregiously beat on a game changing play. It's a fundamentally seismic play in terms of the game flow. And it happened because of one seismic mistake. And it's not to bully Ekblad and to say, like, he's a liability. This is going to happen all the time. Players get beat. You know, Nick Lidstrom got beat a lot. You know, he didn't get beat as much as other defensemen. 
but it, it didn't happen 0% of the time. It happens. Yeah. But, but like, it's not fair to say 17 other guys did not play the game that they played, which was very strong because Ekblad made that one mistake. I, I ultimately think those other players get let down by that. You know, maybe they should score a second goal. I get it. But like, if you have that kind of game, like Barkov has the, the XG share he has, Uyghur has the XG share he has. Like, I, I think it's unfair to say like they didn't play well enough. You know what I mean? I, I, I'm going to disagree with you saying that it's all on, on Ekblad's one mistake. I, I, I think well, it, but, were... it, but it, I'm not, I'm trying, not trying to say that, but like, think about it from the terms of like, if that doesn't happen, we're not viewing the way that other players play it the way we are. Right. But, but in this, but, but like I said earlier, if Lundell and Barkov don't get caught high, if Sherratt is more than a, you know, a pylon, the Ekblad catastrophic error is nowhere near as glaring. Like, literally, all four people failed on that play. Okay, yeah, Ekblad I think that's had fair. had the most catastrophic one and had the most glaring one because Kucherov just embarrassed him. But, like, everyone failed on that play. And even Bob, like, Bob, you got to know the pass is coming there. And how are you so flat-footed? And I'm, that's not saying I'm blaming him, but it's just, like, it's just – not one person did their job on that PK. And that's how you give up one of the easiest power play goals you'll ever see because everybody failed. It's not just Ekblad. Ekblad yeah. had the biggest one. It's the most noticeable. And it's the one that really can't happen. But that was a failure by all five Florida Panthers on the ice. Mm -hmm. and, and it sort of defeats like the point that I want to make it, you know, I, I can't really do it in good conscience. Like people will, will criticize me if I, say this but like i i generally thought the penalty kill looked better than i thought it would like it on the great. first two penalty kills didn't make a single mistake they generated nothing 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 but you went for a scoring chance didn't get it gave up an odd man rush and the bet this one of the best teams in the world capitalized on it but yeah the first two power plays they generated nothing absolutely nothing Panthers were getting clears. They actually generated some chances and didn't get beat back up the ice. Like I was like, all right, yeah, they took a penalty. We, you know, Uyghur did what he needed to do. I'm not, I'm, like I said, I wasn't thrilled about the call, but like I wasn't too worried about it. And then it's like, all right, we took a chance. And then it's like, fuck. And like, I kind of just knew there, like that was the mistake they could not make. And that's the mistake Tampa never makes in the playoffs. Tampa doesn't make those mistakes in the playoffs. They don't give you goals. And you gave him a goal. Yep. I mean, I don't know what else to say because, like, it felt like they did enough to score more than one goal. I know that you kind of criticized the way that they were attacking later in the game, but I feel like they should have had more than one goal by then even. Yeah. You're playing Andre Vasilevsky, the second best goalie in the world. Igor. Um, Igor. Igor. Yeah. In my head, I was like, Igor, Flurry, or Gibson? <laughs> But like no, in terms Gibson's... of like it's it's them it, it's one to them and they're in a, and they're in a category of their own. There's a very substantial gap between them and the third best goalie in the NHL. So right now is probably Flurry, Jake Ottinger. Right, okay, either way, you're not. Yeah, we don't need to get gonna, caught up in the semantics of who number three is. That's not the point. Vasilevsky's <laughs> not going to give you like you're lucky if Vasilevsky gives you one game in this series out of seven. Like he's just not Vasi one game out of seven. You're lucky if that happens and he was his typical self tonight like 
that's just, again, I, I, I just don't see the Panthers winning this, you know, scoring more than their XG share more than one or two times in this series. Well, they had more than three XG today. So we have to say that Vassy played even better than we would have expected. I would also have to say that there is something fortunate in what you just said, Alex. If we get one game where Vassy isn't Vassy, awesome. Because we'll also get one game against Brian Elliott. <laughs> There's two. No, he's going to play back-to-back. Yeah. You think I, I so? Absolutely. absolutely. In the playoffs? Absolutely. 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 Okay. You, are, you are no shot we see Brian Elliott on Sunday. None. With Sunday as good of a regular season as he had? You don't think that they give him a shot? None. None. Zero point zero. Point zero. Ro- I agree totally. They wrote... Okay. They rode Vasilevsky into the. They've been riding Vasilevsky into the ground for the last five years. Yeah, in the playoffs, they're going to give away a start. No shot. We just got to hope that that two days of rest is like what made him good in this game because that's big. Yeah. Well, he's going to get two days before Saturday's game. Yeah. Well, you know, one and a half or one and three quarters, but yeah, (laughs) that's being pedantic. Let's land the plane. Anybody else have anything to say? Yeah, I do. Let's go. I think the what a positive place that we can end here is game one against Washington. We also scored on zero of our power plays and lost that game. The series ended up going okay for us. Yeah, blew blew the lead and uh, mm-hmm. ended up giving four up four goals. Mm-hmm. And I thought they played worse in that game. I thought this was a they better sure did. Yeah. So, which is we'll almost worrying in the sense that like. They outplayed the Lightning for most of this game, and this is how it ended up. Shit happens. Shooting percentage will increase. That's all. Yeah, but I mean, you know, it it looked a lot like shooting percentage will increase. All right, Panthers, Panthers, and five winning on home ice next Wednesday. I don't think that's going to happen. It's not. I still think Panthers and seven. Let's go watch the Heat game. Rate us five stars on Heat uh, Heat Team Store. Let's do it. Message and data rates may apply. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's B-A-S-Y to 203203.